Brought to you by GN and Co. Yo, where you going? You know that it's after school is after school with your girl, Sis G-U. Gang, and welcome back to yet another episode of After School is After School with your girl, Sis G. U. To my returning listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another podcast episode. I really appreciate it. I hope that you've been having a good week thus far. Today, I have a guest. I have Sibulel Juana with me. I don't know why I said it like that. Yes, uh, that's my friend. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, girl. Of course, girl. Of course. So today, we're going to be talking about what we know best. <clears throat> mm, 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 mm. Hate to say it. Mm, mm. Actually, what we used to know. I think we also need to speak to the points that we are in our lives. Like, that's not us anymore. It's what we knew best. No, friend, we know it. We're not there, but we know it. Yeah, but I know other things better than that now. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not the thing I know the best. We're going to be speaking about depression and anxiety. I don't even know where to really start this, but I suspect that Sibu and I lived together when we were our most depressed. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, Yo. I just want to say, Sibu and I definitely partake in dark humor. We're going to try keep it to a minimum in this episode. But I also think that it says a lot to how we used to survive. And it also, coping like, mechanisms. literally coping mechanisms. Yeah, we had to laugh or cry. 100%. And, and I'd run out of tears, guys. We had done enough of the crying. Trust me, if there's one thing we did, we cried. But I'm going to kind of just speak to my experience, then Sibu will speak to us and we'll speak to, like, what we experienced together. But I think I was first diagnosed with depression and anxiety in varsity. I think I'd always known that I was anxious in high school. In high school, in grade nine, I was depressed. I used to post um, really sad stuff on my like those Tumblr quotes. Yeah, bro, the Tumblr, the dying, the everything with was the girl and the thigh and the red rose in black and white. Yes, and if, I even feel like that's too happy. What you talking <laughs> about? Like, wait, I'm talking about the black and white Cebu, like the. The quote no with the yeah the quote with the or the coffin and then the quotes on the coffin bro mm. I want to say days were dark I don't know what happened to me in grade nine or rather I think in grade nine was the first time I was really made aware of death and what it was and I didn't know how to process it so it like consumed me and then kind of turned into depression or this fixation dying and death yeah so I had my first like episode depressive episode in grade nine I posted all these things on my BBM story and they forget when I came back or my BBM status and it was during the holidays. So no one was seeing me, but they were seeing All my BBM statuses. Oh, no. So I, I come back to school. I'll never forget, like, one of the first classes I had back, someone came up to me. They're like, girl, you good? Because no, you not. No, you not. No, no you, you not. not. You not good. You not good. Like, what's up with all of the posting? And I didn't make, I didn't realize it at the time. But obviously, looking back, I'm like, hmm. That's not the best. We kind of that off. Yeah, something was definitely off. And then, like I said, in varsity was when I was officially like diagnosed with depression and anxiety. I think I'm more anxious as a person than what I am depressed, but I know I have depressive episodes. And uh, that's my mental health story. Ever since being diagnosed, we've been stuck together. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. What about you, friend? Um, okay, so I... Yo, hmm, okay, so in high school, I remember like my friends would constantly be like, Sibu, you're not okay. 
And yeah. I'd be like, guys, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. And they'd be like, Sibu, what's wrong? Like, is it mental illness? Is it trauma? And I was like, guys, I'm chilling. What are you talking about? Yeah. But clearly they were seeing <laughs> something that I, at the time, was not seeing. Yeah. And then varsity is when I was like, okay, no, I'm definitely depressed. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. But obviously, avoidance was my main thing. So the number one girl, the best babes in the country. The be- yo, yo. Yeah, genuinely. So 2016, 2017, 2018, I said, I know I have mental illnesses, but am I going to do anything about it? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, no. Yeah. And then... 2019 is when I was actually diagnosed because Google said it's enough now. It's enough. It was fucking enough. <laughs> I can't. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much. Okay, wait. Before I even tell you how just how enough it was. See, when I started living together in 2018. 18. Really. 2018. We started living together in 2018. And I think there was like a... I was the sad friend, honestly. When it came into the friendship, I was the girl that was goishing. I almost feel like that was my um, my whole thing, really. My whole stick, like as a friend. Uh-uh, friend. But I was the going... I was the friend that was goishing. But you... No, you were going through some stuff. You were I also feel like stuff. I was goishing way before you guys. Like, you guys met me goishing. Yeah. I'm, I met you all, at least when I got to know you. I was goishing. I was goishing. finished. I was done bad. You were goishing. I was in the pits. And I was just like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was already kind of sad and Cebu didn't seem sad to me. Like, I, when I first lived with you, I didn't obviously think that there was anything, like, wrong or something was up, Willis. And then, obviously, as time went by, I think there were just two depressed girls in one house trying to get by. Literally, I'm trying to save Gugu from drowning. I can't swim. Yeah. I can't swim. Yes. And I'm trying to save Sibu and I'm also drowning at the same time. But I think what really stood out for me during that time was that although we were both in really dark places, it was easy to be strong for the other. Which is yeah. something I want to speak to when it comes to mental health. Sometimes it's really easier. I think the reason I'm really grateful for living with you in that time was obviously having someone who understood and someone to be there for me. But I also know that, like, you were my coping mechanism and that, one, you did understand. But two, it's easier to try to take care of others than it is yourself. Definitely. So I used to use that as an excuse. Like, I'm doing something. Like, it may not be for me. <laughs> but I'm doing something. But I'm doing something. And I think then, in return, you taking care of me inspired me to take care of myself. And I think for both of us, we should take care of ourselves for each mm. other. Because at one point, it wasn't the best. I also think, I don't know if you remember, we used to literally take shifts. Like... I'd wake up in the morning, I'd assess, I'd be like, today Google's down bad. Yeah. So I'm going to be the nurse today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to like have to be okay. I'm going to have to be okay because I'm playing nurse today. Yeah. And again, as much as like, as much as it's hard to take care of people, it's actually also very easy. And yeah. I think it helped in that I've decided that today I'm not going to wallow. Yeah, 100%. Because I need to be strong for someone else. But like, I'm also, because I'm not wallowing, I feel better. Better. Like I'm actually... And this is going to sound so crazy to say, but as you're speaking, I think that for at least a year and a half, I'm not even going to look at you while I say this, so embarrassing. I think you're my reason to live. Like my main one. Just because... It was the it was how badly I wanted you. I don't want to be emotional. It was how badly I wanted you to be okay, and that was more important to me than letting my depression consume me. Um, hmm. I can't believe what you just said to me. Girl, get it together. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think that 
it was literally that because there were days where I really didn't want to. There were days where I wanted to do absolutely nothing, didn't want to go to school, didn't want to eat, didn't want to... Just didn't want to exist, hey? Like, and it's crazy how common that language was in our house. No, no, no. No. Um, <laughs> the fact that we used to talk about depression naps. Yeah. The fact that we'd just very casually be like, oh, I'm so upset that I woke up today. Yeah. Another day, boo. What? That was literally us. Like, we'd wake up and be like, I can't believe I'm still here. Like, how are you? Oh, I'm alive, so things are terrible. Ah! <laughs> and that was such common language, and I do think we used it as a way of coping. Like, mm. again, instead of crying, it was like, at least let's laugh I also about think, it. I also think it was a thing of like, this is the one person who... Because I think sometimes when you're depressed you kind of hide how depressed you are from everyone else because you don't want to, like, worry 100%. them. And I think at a stage, I was like, okay, this is the one person who I can be I can be with. depressed. I can, yeah. like, I can fully be like, I am actually really wish I could die. 100%. And I think that was also really important for us. I think having the other person in a dark hole with you, sorry, <laughs> was cool just because we're speaking the same language. And it's quite literally see what understands. And also because I've seen how bad it is, I can also be really bad in front of her. But at the same time, as much as I'm saying I'm really grateful for that, I'm aware that staying in that situation could have done more harm than good. Than good. But I think it worked out in the end. Because yeah. I think, Google, you literally took care of me for like, I don't know how fucking long. Yeah. Like you took care of me until I got to a point where I had the strength to take care of myself. Yeah. And then I also think because I'd watched someone take care of me and I knew that, oh, okay, these things felt good. Mm. I kind of knew how to take care of myself. Because yeah. I had, I personally had never really thought of that before. Like, self-care, taking care of my mental health yeah. was not a thought to me. It was not a thought. You hated it. I hated yeah. it. I hated it. Guys, <laughs> I bought a word journal one day and I busted into the room and I said, you're going to write down your feelings and you're going to write down your thoughts. I was so fed up. I was like, please. For the sake of everyone, get no. into it. No. And I think as much as like, as much as like, you're supposed to want to live for yourself. Uh -huh. At the time, I had no motivation to want to live for myself. 100%. If I was doing what I wanted to do, I would have I wouldn't died. be here. I wouldn't be here. So, at that time, living for someone else was, it was what was sustaining me. Yeah. And I mean, again, this is not me or us encouraging you guys to live for other people no, if like, you're in a really dark place. We're obviously just speaking to how things unfolded for us. And we're fortunate that it worked out in the manner in which it did. Cause it, yeah, because it, it could have gone. Could have been different. And I just remember Sibu was talking, we were chatting in her room one day. We were chatting and Sibu was like, yeah, someone in my family once said to me that like, at your age, I really love myself. Like, I was taking such good care of myself. I was going out. I was gymming. I was all of that. And when she told me that, we looked at each other and we laughed because we were doing we were the doing exact opposite. None of those things. None, none of, of them. Things. None of those Like, things. that love that she was speaking about, we were literally like, what are what you is that? talking about? Like, like, and I remember the family member who said that to me, she told me how, like, she'd even, like, she'd come back from school and, like, redo her whole skincare routine, put on a cute outfit to chill in the house with. Because she was just so in love with herself that she was so happy to do those things for herself. And we were like, uh -huh. huh? Who? Yeah, and that and that took wild to me now because when you had shared that story, that sounded crazy, but that's literally what we do for ourselves now. Now, I'm so happy. I'm literally so happy to take care of myself. Like, I need to do that, you know? And I want to do that. And I see the good in that. Like, see, when I was so down bad that I think we're eating McDonald's every day. No, we were. 
We were. There was a time. Every day, every day, spicy occasion. Every day, every, every day, spicy Cajun. Every day. And let me tell you something. There is never a reason to eat a spicy Cajun that every much. day. Never. Yeah, even Nandi, but not like that. Not like that. Never like that. Not like that. Yeah, 100%. And like, I think they, when I think of our unhealthy coping mechanisms, we had this alcohol cabinet. This cabinet was so bad that when our parents came to visit, we'd have to empty it have to and hide. hide. Because hide. if our parents saw that... Sibu was going back some time. I was going back to Johannesburg <laughs> the Ooh. same time. They were never going to stand for that. And obviously at first it was funny. And I think like, especially when you're discovering alcohol, in varsity you hide behind the fact like you're new to it. It's chilled. It's, it's also not like that oh, deep. freedom for the first time. 100%. Like, like let's just drink on this bloody random Tuesday. Let's have it. Let's have it. But in hindsight now, it's like, no, we're actually using that as a coping mechanism. Like it's not normal to drink that much. No, it was not normal. I actually and I think it was... It, mm, this is going to sound very dark. But I think at the time, being like tipsy was like... The best, the, Cebu. It was the No, it was the only source, source of joy. Yes. Had. That was our only source of joy. It was when it, we were depressed, depressed. We started drinking. Then we started smiling at each other. <laughs> Which one is that one? <laughs> and then now like, we feel like somewhat okay. And then also it's like we drink and now we feel like we can leave the house, you know? Because obviously alcohol does that to you. Like, yeah. Mm. And like beforehand, leaving the house was literally the most overwhelming thing. Like, what do, you, what do you mean? 100%. What do you mean I have to go outside and interact with people? Yeah. And also that's another thing. I think we both started to become homebodies because, oh, for many different reasons. Like I have social anxiety, a lot of it. And going to campus was my worst nightmare. Like to the point whereby I would go to campus. I would plan when I go to campus. So I go to campus only when people are in lectures because I'm not going to walk when people are walking, changing classes. I'm taking the long route. Mm, all those behind. Walking behind. behind. Making your journey 10 minutes longer. 100%. Or because, no, I can't walk past the jammy stairs. Because I don't want to be seen. I think I also had carried a lot of shame in my life at that point, but also, like, I had a sh lot of shame in my depression and anxiety. Mm. And I felt like we were kind of, like, the only ones, really. Or rather, I think that was the first time I'd experienced my depression to be that bad. And because I didn't see it outside of you, I just thought it was the two of us. It was like, no one has it this no, bad. Yeah, no one has it this bad. Like, no one is struggling. And also, it's kind of weird when you are around people who are doing well at school. Yeah. People who are waking up, going to lectures, going to tutorials, handing stuff in. And you and Sibu, literally, they're like, where? Nothing. Sibu and I would wake up and debate if we're going to school, guys. Like, we would wake up and look at each other and be like... That time, guys, it's not even a small, small lecture. I have a tutorial. It's a tutorial. tutorial. It's a tutorial. My tutor is checking whether or not I'm there. She 100%. knows me by name. She knows my face. Uh, yeah. She knows you, girl. She knows you. And you're not there. And I also think that was, for me, that was the first time, as much as I was depressed all of those years, 2016, shout out, that was very high-functioning depression. 100%. I was, I'm depressed, but I'm going to write this test, though. I think that was a difference between us. Like, at some point, Sibu really did enter her, like, high-functioning depressive episode, anxiety. What's it's acute anxiety something? I'm forgetting what it's called. But there was a time where my depression was finishing me and consuming me to the point whereby I knew I no longer even cared about school. And I should have realized then that I was at my darkest place because, like, going, like I had a test, but I'm just really not going there. And it's not because I didn't want to. And for the longest time, I used to think of myself as someone who was extremely lazy. But I've obviously I've grown to realize that I was depressed or I was really anxious. You literally just didn't have the capacity. I did not have the capacity to do that. And when I speak about my journey of school, also, can y'all stop asking me about school, man? Because I don't know. I don't know. Um, realizing that it's about capacity was such 
an important thing for me mm. because obviously I was high functioning depression for a long time, and mm. then when it was not high the depression, when the depression when you was not function, functioning, yes, I said, um, what the hell? What is the this? hell is this? Yeah, and so I had a lot of shame. Mm. A lot of shame. I was actually embarrassed. I was actually embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I was ashamed. I was bullying myself. 100%. Judging myself. 100%. What the hell? Like, just get up and do school. Like, get what, it together. I'd, I'd be speaking to myself, like, what's so difficult? Yeah. Like, what's so difficult? And that was your thing for so long. Like, you, Sibu, also, I think, mm, not to like self diagnose you as that. <laughs> but I think what maybe prolonged your healing was the fact that you were in denial for so long. And I knew Sibu was depressed before she said it. And when I said I came into that room that, well, that day, I said, you're going to write your thoughts. You're going to see someone. I was sick and tired because I was trying to make her realize that something's not okay and that's okay. Like, that's okay that something's yeah. wrong. And Sibu would look at me with this blank stare and literally like, like I'm crazy. <laughs> and be like, girl, you have the wrong girl. Like, you're in the wrong room. No, like, I was literally like, Girl, like, I know I was struggling a little bit, but I'm fine. Yeah. And then it kind of became a thing. Because you'd start with days. Like, you'd lock yourself in your room for a day or two. And then it just got really long. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I'm not quite sure about that. And I know that coming to terms with the fact that you may suffer from a mental illness isn't easy. And I think we had a lot of shame around that. And see what I was so against medication. (gasps) Guys, hey. We thought we were bigger and greater. No. Definitely. It was literally a thing of like me. Medication. Antidepressants. Are you crazy? Like I know I'm depressed, but like not like that. 100%. Dog. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean not like that? What, you like, haven't left your room in five days. What are you talking about? You can't. It is exactly up. like that. You're in Cape Town to do school. You're struggling to do school. You're actually struggling to take care of yourself. Oh, you haven't showered. You're barely eating. You used to have a meal barely a day. Barely eating. But you're downing the alcohol. Sorry. <laughs> but you're downing the alcohol. Downing the alcohol. On an empty stomach, too. On an empty stomach. Literally like, oh, I had fries, though, so. That's cool. What? And then, like, the only time we're really having fun is when we go out and we're drunk. And then you come home and then you have post groove depression. And now you're sinking into your bed. And then you've sunken into that bed for, like, four to five days. Then you have to get up and recollect your life. That is five days that you have to make up for. Like... You and are you can't, so overwhelmed. You can't make up for it. You, you can't. can't because in the first place, you don't. You don't even have the energy to be doing things on a day to day. Hundred percent. Never mind. Okay, I'm just going to do five up. days worth of. Let's go. Yeah, it's not going to happen, babe. It's not going to happen. And I think that it took. I actually I don't know who started therapy first between the two of us. Oh no, Google. We started at the same time because when you said you were sick, you said and we're seeing a therapist. I've made the appointment for next week. <laughs> Girl, I said, she what? literally, she came into my room. She said, okay, Sibu, it's enough. Because we'd already have the, you're not okay talk. And I was okay. like, yeah, I'm not okay. And you were like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, nah, I'll be fine. Yeah. And then I think maybe two, three weeks later, I was not fine. I was not making any steps towards being fine. You know, she just, you barged into my room yeah. and said, okay, so I found us a therapist. Um, we're going to go to therapy next week. Do you want the Tuesday appointment or the Thursday appointment? Yeah. I said, what? She said, yeah. Yes. And that was also, for me, that was the first time I told my parents that like, yo, I'm depressed. Yeah. Because I had to now explain um, all these charges you're going to see on the medical aid. Yes. So I had to be like, okay, so by the way, things are bad. Yeah, and you're going to see this statement and this statement and that. 
Yeah, I actually think about it. I, we did. We saw the same therapist. <laughs> and I was sick and tired of us being down. And I also think I realized that at that time in our lives, we were a package deal. So it almost felt like if I was going to be okay and you weren't, I wasn't going to be fully grand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're going to heal no, and to. I'm not, then it was it was going to work against what we're actually trying to do. So yeah, therapy definitely helped. Uh, I think speaking to our therapist is really what got us into medication. And we realized that like, hey, this is a, an illness. An illness. This, this is, is an, an illness, illness that needs medication in order for you to get better. And I think that I've always been rooted in Christ, you know, and I do believe that prayer and, you know, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and so forth can make you feel better. But I also believe that God gave us medication. For a reason. reason. For, For a, a reason. reason. Yeah, like we're not going to be able to pray away the anxiety and depression also, only, but to our, babe. But to our God helps those who help, help themselves. themselves. He said, here, here is the thing that you need. Here's the medication. 100%. And we said, no, I'm not going to do that, Jesus. I will pray to you, though. Yes. And it's like the two go hand in hand. You know, you can you seek have to do God, mm -hmm. but there's also medication. He created medication for that reason for us to be okay. Also, my depression, I think, did something really weird to my sex drive. I think about myself in that house, and I'm in disbelief. My antidepressants definitely took away my sex drive completely. Like, that babes was dried up. <laughs> she was dried up. She was locked uh -huh. up. Not today, not, not tomorrow. Literally. Okay, actually, let me speak before my antidepressants. So my antidepressants definitely had that impact on me. Like, I didn't think about sex in the slightest. Like, nothing. But before that, in my depression, I kind of lost my sexual drive. But when I was feeling erratic via my anxiety was then, when I wanted to pop that shit. Also, mm, erratic, now you want to engage in risky behaviors. 100%. Also, I think that's also how Sibu would tell if I'm anxious. And I think that's how my friends tell, like, I'm erratic. Like, I would yeah. wake up with energy and it would be so confusing. And I'm pacing up and down the house. I'm literally like, we have to do something. We have to go somewhere now now like something now. needs to consume this energy and that was because I was anxious and I actually just couldn't sit in a spot like it was manifesting itself and you could see it physically which I think I'm better at now also what else did my depression and anxiety affects obviously just my wanting to socialize my my me not wanting to be seen um, wanting to go into hiding I had a terrible relationship with food I think there was a point where I was dependent on lean what? and I didn't know it see would you remember when I used to drink a cough mixture every night to sleep and you banned me from it. Yeah. And I, ha I hate She it. hated it. I and hated looking it. back at it now, I'm like, did you you were high off the code? And also like, you Google, you acted like I was being so ridiculous I I was, for I, hating that. Guys, I she did see like she was crazy. Like she literally acted like I was being this like overprotective helicopter mom. Like you know that mom who's like no, don't take a panada. Yeah. She, that's what she acted like it was. And I'm like... Because I didn't realize that I was struggling to sleep without having some benelin. Like, generally, I got to the point where my sleeping patterns were also so fucked that I needed mm. to take something to sleep. And obviously, I wasn't on medication. I wasn't taking care of myself. The alcohol was ravazing me somewhere in the, the in, midst of In the midst of, of everything. Bro, like... Yeah, and I think I just realized that I really had terrible coping mechanisms. And I think that because I was anxious and depressed, I also kept myself in relationships that I didn't need to because I had a fear that no one would love me entirely for who I am and what I come with. So, yeah, because I was depressed. I was like, damn, who's depressed out here? Like, damn, niggas is shining, niggas is moving. shining. Like, niggas is going niggas to campus, bro. Like, niggas is good, and I'm not the best. So I just felt like, 
I'm not the best, so let me stick with what I know because at least the people around me at least know, you know? Like, if I have mm. to find someone new, that's not going to happen. That's a lie. And it's definitely a lie. Because one thing about life, there will always be more love. There will always, 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 always be more love. Yeah. And I think, also because depression, like, really messes with your self-image. Like, yeah. I don't know why, you start to think of yourself as, like, the worst person... On earth! ...ever. Like, you literally... <gasps> You think you are the worst person. You and You literally I, villainize yourself. You think you are the bad guy. Like, bad guy, Charlie. Like, outside of being depressed, yeah. you think you're a bad person. A terrible person. And then you start to think like, oh my gosh, I don't understand why these people love me. Yes. When I'm such a terrible person. 100%. I think that's also what the scariest thing of depression, the scariest part of depression is, is like how much it rubs you off. Like, mm. It takes everything good away from, away from you, you and it makes you believe that you don't deserve it. So, like, even sometimes when Sibu was being nice to me in my mind, I was like, why is this girl not just letting me die? Like, why is she? <laughs> no, honestly, like, I was like, why? Up. Yeah, give it up. Did you hear every day talking to me, giving me food? It's like, I'm such a bad person that I don't deserve that. Like, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve grace. I don't deserve friends. I don't deserve mm. anything that was good in my life. And there was a flip. There was a flip or a switch, rather. There was a switch that flipped. In like beginning of 2019, when I did my first ever fast, like my first real, real fast. But in that fast, the, the thing that God really got across to me was that I deserve good things. And once I realized that, I was just so much more open to feeling better and getting better because I deserve to be better. Like I realized it's not normal to open your eyes and dread the day. It's not normal. And the fact that we were willing to just live that way... Is ridiculous. Is not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. Like, also to have my anxiety wake me up, jiggy, jiggy, heavy, heavy. That's not normal. It's not... You're supposed to sleep peacefully. Do you know that? Woken up by anxiety... Before you even open your eyes, your heart is racing. 100%. You're finished for the day. Like, you've woken up with so much... You're feeling so much that it makes you tired. That by the end of the day, you are dust. You're done for. Waking up and looking forward to the end of the day. Like, that's not living. That's not life. And it's so sad that we had really accustomed ourselves to that and just thought that that's what we deserved. Yeah. And we didn't even... We were like, I'm not even going to try and seek better. Yeah. Because this, this is what I deserve. Yeah. This is what suits me. I also think that being able to have safe spaces is one of the most important things. And I think therapy is that. If you can afford to go to therapy, guys, I'm the biggest Please advocate. Please go to therapy. If you can afford... And also, therapy, there's nothing taboo about it. You're literally just speaking to someone about your problems. Everyone has problems. Everyone has feelings. Everyone has trauma. You know, don't psych yourself out of not doing it. But that was a safe space for me. And I know sometimes people dread speaking to their friends and family because that means letting them in and letting them know just how bad mm -hmm. things are. And that's daunting, you know? Like, I hid my depression and anxiety from my parents for years because I just didn't know how they were going to take it. More so, I didn't know if they were going to think it's a real thing, you know? Just because black parents are very much it like... It can literally go either You way. have food, you're at school, you're in Cape Town, in an apartment. I'm taking care of you. What do you have to be depressed about? What do about? you have to be sad about, babe? Just get up and conquer the day. Therapy really helped and was really that safe space for me to just be vulnerable and be as sad as what I needed. And I think I'm obsessed with solo locations now, especially because I live at home. Sometimes I have to leave the house to be as sad as what I need to be. Like, I can't be sad in the presence of other people because I'm just naturally someone who's going to not want to bring that energy or bring mm -hmm. everyone down. But allowing yourself to truly break down and truly feel what you need to feel and being sad. like And being sad sucks, dude. Like, it's such a... You know, it's, it's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. I also think therapy, like... Therapy really forces you to confront your sadness because there would be times where I'd think 
I'm not doing too bad. Mm. And then I'd walk into my therapist's office and sit down and immediately the tears are here. Yeah, yes. Immediately the tears are here. Yeah, because 100%. You're, you're not good, but this is the one space where you're literally there to not be good. Yes. Like this is the one space where you are here because you are not good. And 100%. we are here to speak about it. And I also know that my depression at some point was robbing me of the relationship that I could have with God because... At some point, I thought I'd have to be a certain way in order to approach him and to pray. And it's like, if I'm spending the whole day muttering under my breath, like, I want to die, why am I here? <laughs> How can I now come and speak to you about my problems? And again, I think I felt guilty because God was still so graceful and so, like, merciful, rather, in that mm. time. In I wasn't really close to him. But, like, I saw a roof over my head. I was still eating. Like, things could have 100% been worse. And I think I just didn't seek him because I didn't feel worthy of him. And I think in therapy made me realize that like as a person, I'm worth a lot, you know, like I deserve goodness and good things. And then I started seeking God and just realizing that he doesn't need for the perfect person to approach him because there isn't such thing. Like he wants broken people. He wants you to come with your sadness. And I know what it's like to try pray and not have words. Like I can't tell you guys how many times I've just closed my eyes and really just been like, help me. Like those were the only words that came out of my mouth for a very long time in my prayer. Like just help me. And gangane, gangane, you start to realize you grow in your relationship with God and you, you know, better your, you word your prayers better and so forth. But you don't have to have the words. You don't have to have an elaborate prayer. You don't have to have done something. You know, come to him as you are when you're sad in your room by yourself and it feels like the end of the world and the walls are closing in. Like, close your eyes and say anything. Ask that he's or there. Or literally even just close your eyes and cry. Yeah. Literally just be like, I'm going to cry to Jesus right now. Yeah, literally. And you're going to catch these tears <laughs> and you're going to do something about them. Please, sir. I also yeah. think, again, depression literally, like, robs you of so much and robs you of... You, you stop to do everything that you, you love you stop doing everything that you love you stop doing everything that will make you feel better mm. and i think for me as well with god whenever and go that's yeah. when i'm literally like mm, yeah i'm struggling to pray i'm struggling to I open my mouth i can't talk to this guy yeah. i can't which is ridiculous because that's the one time when i should be most i should have the most to say because i have a Laundry list of prayer items. Yeah. And I think it's just because, again, when you're down, your view of yourself changes. Yeah. And you feel like, you just feel like you don't deserve things, which is ridiculous. Yeah, because you do. And I think that's also when I knew my depression was really bad. Like, when the the most mundane things were hard, like taking a shower. For me, that's how I can really measure how, how bad oh, yeah, things no, are. Like, 100%. when I really am bedridden and I'm not eating and not showering and don't care to take care of myself, that's really when I'm like, okay... Things are, not, like, things are things horrible. Are it's shaking. It's shaking because also a shower will always make you feel better. Always. 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 It is so simple, <laughs> but it's something that you struggle always. with everything inside of you to do. And that's what it feels like. Like, I feel like when you're having an episode, everything is hard. Everything is big. Everything, everything is overwhelming. Everything is overwhelming. I literally, whenever I speak about how down I was and I need to give an example, mm. um, there was a day where I was just in my bed depressed. The whole day. Yeah. The whole day. And then around like four or five, you came into my room and you were like, I know you're not okay, but like, just go take a shower. You'll feel better. And I remember just looking at you and being like, I can't do that. Yeah. And you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept saying, I'm so sorry, Google, but I can't do that for you. And she was like, huh? Also like, how did I respond? Because how do you respond to that? I think at first you were just like, what? And then I started crying and you were like, um, and Girl, then I guess. eventually you got me up in like stages. So you literally said, okay, sit up. 
And then I'm I so sat patient. Up. Do you know I don't know this you're about so, myself? You're so patient, dude. You're so patient. I, because I'm literally working so hard to get someone out of bed, that's ridiculous. Like you literally said, okay, just sit up. And then I sat up and you sat with me for a while. And then you said, okay, just move closer to the edge of the bed. And then you sat with me on the edge of the bed. And then you said, okay, cool. Now let's just stand up. You know, I don't think of myself as a patient person, but sometimes when my people say things to me, I'm like, who has time for that? Like, no, and it dude, was you're me. An, you're an extremely patient person. Hectic. You're an extremely patient person. Yeah. Because what do you mean you spend 15 minutes telling Sibus to get out of bed? Right, you did. Now I'd walk into your room, take the blood off of you, <laughs> and be like, get the fuck up. Don't piss me off. Let's start the day, bro. Like, I don't have time for that. You know, but I think that, like, also that's something I want to say. As much as Sibu and I may be speaking about the kindness we experience from each other in that time, um, and, and kind gestures do help, but they don't solve the problem. Like, often when people don't. speak about someone who's passed from mental illness, they'll be like, check on your friends, be kind to your friends. And as much as those things can help and maybe make someone feel better in the moment, it's an illness. It's that literally needs an illness. medication, and that needs professional help and care. And your friends... Buying you flowers is not going to stop the depression. It's not. It's not, it's not, it's not going to stop it. Like, yes, it may make your friends feel the love and their hearts warm and, you know, like, oh, you know, and maybe today wasn't so bad. And that helps because as as long as you're having days like that where you think mm. that, like, you know, today's actually not the worst day, you really are making progress. But let's not just think that an act of kindness is going to save someone's life. It's a mental illness. It is an illness. And let's not act like acts of kindness and self-care. Ooh, I bought myself a box. No, babe. It's not going to... It's not going to do anything. It's just not enough. It's not enough. First and foremost, I did not even have the strength Mm. to try and practice self-care until I actually found a balance of antidepressants that were working for me. And then I was like, okay, now that the walls are caving in a little bit slower, I can actually try and be like, okay, this is what I need to do. This is how I'm going to take care of myself. Mm. Also, I think a very big part of getting better is wanting to get better. And that comes from the person. And it's very hard because at the time you just don't see beyond what you're feeling. You know, you don't see behind like the darkness or beyond the darkness. But like, I think I was patient with you, see, because I wanted you to want it for yourself. You know, like I yeah. needed you to see that you deserve to live and you deserve to eat and you deserve to take a shower, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm your kids, bro. Like, come on. You know, like. And, and 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 that's a journey and it's different for different people. And I don't necessarily know what clicked inside of me and what it was. I think it was God really. He just he just said, wake up. And I was lucky enough that I could, you know, try. And I think when I saw you get better, it encouraged me to get better and so forth. But I just want to like end this episode off by saying it's hard. Like working out of a depressive episode is so much work. It's so much work. It, it is so, and it's it's so unfortunate because at that point in your life, you don't have the energy for that. You don't. You don't have the strength, which is why you need to get help. You need to get help. You really do need to try your best to get help. And it is a lot of work and it's a lot of crying. And some days it feels like, you know, the day's not going to end. And some days you feel like giving up, but it's worth it. And I think the fact that Sibu and I can even record this podcast episode is crazy because at the time when we lived together and the times that we're speaking of, guys, we're dead men walking. Like, I don't, you know what? I want to be very cautious about the things I say and not to trigger people, but I also want you guys to understand how we saw ourselves, genuinely. Like, there was was nothing to us. We had no purpose. We had no will to live. We had no reasons. We didn't think we were worth it. We didn't think we were beautiful. We didn't think anything. I think I didn't even feel like I had an identity outside of just being depressed. 100%. Like, depression was all we were. 
I'm depressed. Yes, I was depressed. That's what I am. I'm Hi, depressed. How are you? I'm, I'm depressed. depressed. What's your name? Depression. Depression. Come on. <laughs> What's confusing? Like, what do you do you not see it? What's the problem, babe? What's not clicking? What's not clicking? So yeah, but also, you know what? As much as days are dark, I do think it's a continuous journey. And I'll continue the segment on my podcast because I think there's it affects us differently at different times. And my bad days definitely don't look like that anymore. And some days I have really bad days, like really, really bad days where I'll shower at 9 p.m. You know, but at least the shower is the breakthrough of the day for me. I'm like, you mm. know what? I at least I did something for, I did something for myself. I also think it's also just a measure of how much progress there has been because now we have bad days. Like I'll be like, oh, I had a really bad mental health day today. Yeah. Back then, a bad life. Bad life. <laughs> bad life. Bad mental health months. Bad mental health. Continuous, dude. Beggarly bad care. Back to back, baby. Back to back. No good days. No good days, bro. And also, you know what's crazy is that maybe in those three months there were good days, but because of the dark place we were in, we couldn't even see the goodness that were in our lives. We couldn't even literally. I'd forget about how happy I was yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, and that's what's sad. That's what sucks about sadness. You're sad today, and it immediately raises everything else, like every other positive feeling that you felt. And it's like. Yesterday, I was having the time of, of my, my life. life. And now, I want the life to come to an end. Yesterday, I was having the time of my life. And yet, somehow, I'm so convinced that I will never have a good time again. 100%. And also, I think that's what... Like, when it comes to my mental health journey, I've had to be very open to the fact that, like, there are bad days and there are good days. And the one doesn't cancel out the other, you know? Yeah. And just because I'm having a bad day doesn't mean I'm now in a bad place. And that I've regressed all the way back to like those years you know it's a bad day like that's okay take care of yourself in that day allow for that moment to exist but it's a moment feelings on facts you feel something and you let it go like feelings aren't the reality of what's happening you can feel like your world is coming to an end but your world actually is not i also think it's like now that i'm not as depressed anymore <laughs> um it's also like it's allowed me to have the resilience to because when you're depressed you have like one bad thing happens and you're like this is it i'm done because yeah, you have no because I thought it was over. Ish. And it was early and over. Yeah, literally. Um, and now, as much as there are bad days, I think the bad days don't feel like the end of the world anymore. Yes. And I actually know that I have the resilience to get through the bad the days. Bad days yes. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm straight up not having a good time. It's not because it's not that I'm like, oh, I'm so strong, nothing can affect me. Hundred percent. It's more just that I now know that I can get through. Through it. It also kind of sucks how we know that we can get through it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have to be traumatized like that or to yeah, go like, through wish, all of that. Wish I wish I didn't have to realize my strength. Yeah, I wish that wasn't really a reality. But I mean, you know what? You live and you learn. And I think we've come out. I won't say think we've come out better people because of depression and anxiety. I don't know about that. I um, think we came out better people in spite of depression and anxiety. In, in spite, yes. And that is something to celebrate. 100%. So, I was going to say from your most depressed girls worldwide. Guys, that's how I see when I speak. So, sometimes <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to like cut it off also, when I'm with I her. Mean, we also don't want to encourage people to speak that way. Hundred percent, don't, don't do that. Don't, and we're not. I think maybe we speak a li- we speak like this now, also because I know it's a joke. Like now it's funny. Now it's a, now it's a it's actually funny. Now it's a hee-ha. then it wasn't like Back see who was saying things, things, and I'd actually look at her and I'm not laughing. Like as much as sometimes I used to laugh, sometimes it wasn't funny. I was like, please, and then I'd be so confused. Like, hey, but why are you not laughing? Yeah, with because me? you take it far. Like it's one thing to we kiki king, and now you say ha ah, death. I hear the death. It's not funny now. You've ended the story. You've ended the joke. But um, yeah, we'll keep having these conversations. But uh, there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, and you will be okay. And it takes a lot of work, and it's not easy, and you have to be patient with yourself. 
But more than anything, I think I just want to end this episode off by saying that you're deserving of love, of happiness, of a peaceful life. The life you've always wanted, the things that you've always wanted to achieve, you will do so irregardless of what it is that you suffer mm. from. What you suffer from doesn't make you, doesn't define you. You are your own person outside of those things. You have your own strengths. You have There's so much goodness to you and you deserve a good life. I also, what I've started saying to myself is that I deserve everything that is good because I am everything that is good. good. Yeah. And if, 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 if you want an affirmation, there you go. Yeah. Like you deserve everything that is good because you are everything that is good. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to leave it here. We chatted up a storm a bit. Thank you for joining me, ma'am. Until the next time. Next time. Love you guys. Bye.